You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Now for something completely different. Um, thank you very much. Um, uh, some years ago, a friend of mine uh, was asked to put together a package of uh, radio dramas and asked me if I had anything in a short form that would be good for that. And of course I said yes, even though of course I'd never done anything remotely like that. And then I went right home and uh, wrote something because that's the answer you give when somebody says, you know, have you done this? Um, the, the radio dramas never came about, but I was really glad for the opportunity to do this. And this is what you get when you ask me to write a short radio drama. It's called, I'm Sorry to Have to Tell You This. This is your captain speaking. We're uh, currently cruising at an altitude of 35,000 feet, and we're just a little ahead of schedule thanks to a friendly tailwind of 30 knots. Those of you on the uh, left side can look out your windows and see the reservation where I was born. Doesn't look like much from up here, but it's where I lived for 17 years. Tell you the truth, it didn't look like much back then either. That's why I'm up here, I guess. This is your captain speaking. There's a storm up ahead and we're expecting a bit of turbulence, so I'll be putting the seatbelt sign on. You might want to eat the more spillable parts of your lunch first. <laughs> ah, just kidding, folks. This is your captain speaking. You're uh, all aware by now that uh, conditions are a little rougher than we'd anticipated, but it's nothing to worry about. Please keep your seatbelts fastened and uh, refrain from moving around the cabin unless absolutely necessary. And don't hesitate to ring one of our devoted flight attendants if you need any assistance. I'm sorry to tell you that uh, we won't be serving any beverages until things smooth down a bit. Gonna be a rough ride, folks. This is your captain speaking. I'm uh, sorry to tell you that uh, we haven't been cleared for our final approach because of uh, an indicator light on our hydraulic panel. Now, if you wanted me to bet on faulty indicator lights versus real hydraulic problems, well, my money's on that faulty light every time. But to be on the safe side, of course, we're going through our checklist before making our approach. So we appreciate your patience. This is Captain Red Cloud speaking. It's been a long flight, hasn't it? No movie and a short lunch. Just like covered wagon days, huh? And we're going the same route, too. Well, we're holding things together up here in the North 40. I uh, am a big believer in keeping my passengers fully informed, so uh, I'm going to tell you that that little red indicator light was right after all. But that's why we have them, so that we can act quickly when something's not working the way it should be. And right now, what's not working the way it should be are our left wing flaps. We can't turn left. <laughs> now, before you jump to any conclusions, let me reassure you that we can turn right until the cows come home. <laughs> and there's no place that a little left turn can go that a big right turn can't. So if it feels to you like we're going round in circles as uh, we begin our descent in a few minutes, just think of it as getting on a clover leaf on the freeway. Only nobody up here is going to try to cut us off. We apologize for the difficulties, folks.
flight attendants to their stations. This is your, this is Captain Red Cloud speaking. I know it seems that uh, we've been going round and round. It turns out our um, right side flaps have locked in place. <laughs> and we're working on getting them free. Well, like the great spirit said, it's always something. Believe me when I tell you that um, I want to land just as much as you do, though I'm not sure why. I'm supposed to live my life up in the air. You're probably thinking it's because I'm a pilot, but that's not it. It's because when I was 16, grandfather made me a medicine bag and gave me the feather from a hawk. I can't tell you what was in the medicine bag. I'll bet you think we wore those hippie fringe jackets and lived in teepees. I drove a, lumber, I drove a truck for a lumber yard, went on dates at drive-ins. I ate Big Macs and fries. I walked into the desert with what I had on and with my feather and my medicine bag, and I fasted for three days. Any of you ever go for three days without eating? Nah, of course you haven't. Well, first day's pretty bad. You get migraines. Third day is terrific. You have bones like a bird. You're hollow. When you walk, you move like one of those Macy's Parade floats. And it's 105 in the shade, and you can't even drink your sweat anymore because that's all dried up. You see some strange things. I can't tell you about a lot of them, or at least I won't. But I saw a saguaro that waved, and it was Coyote. And uh, he had come to tell me some stories. Coyote's a shapeshifter, you know, and he likes his little jokes. But one of the things he told me is that we're all shapeshifters. He laughed when he said it, and it was kind of a mean laugh. He said he knew I didn't believe him, but he said that I would learn that it was true. I saw Hawk, too. He had a feather missing from his wing, and I knew what I was supposed to do. I offered Hawk the feather that Grandfather had taken from him a long time ago, and he led me to my vision. You probably think I left all that kind of thing behind when I left the res, but really, I'm following my vision even while I'm talking to you. I wear my white uniform now with shoulder epaulettes and a cap with gold braids, and people call me Captain, which is funny because I never made it past private in the Army. Buck Private, they used to call me. Good joke, huh? And I don't drink, even when I'm off duty. And I own a timeshare condo in La Jolla and an apartment on the east side. I go out to dinner a lot. I have cable TV and I listen to rock and roll. I like rock and roll. I never saw a hawk or coyote again. But underneath my tie, I wear this little leather bag on a thong, you see. And most of the time, I forget it's even there. And I fly, because in my vision, I saw myself as a flying man. And I flew into a cloud, and the cloud turned red. That's how Grandfather picked my name. And I knew when Hawk showed me my vision that I was supposed to fly. I mean, really fly. So to be true to my vision, I had to leave the res. To be an Indian, I had to become a white man. But I did it. And that's why I'm not sure I want to land as much as you do. <laughs> because when I'm up here, I'm living my vision. <laughs> and because I'm flying all of you, you're living my vision too. So 
And when I'm up here, I'm with the spirits of the air. And I know that I'm a spirit too, and I'm alive. So you are spirits too, and you're alive. Turning right and right with me. Have you ever seen a hawk ride thermals? But I know that I'm a red, a red man running a machine. This is metal that rapes the air. My spirit is really just along for the ride, you see. I talk on the radio, and I watch for flashing red lights. In a way, it's more magical than any of grandfather's stories. He used to tell me that the great spirit made a river, but the river had nothing to hold it and nowhere to go. So he made the earth, and then he scooped, a, um, he scooped up some river mud, and it had some clay in it. So he made a man and a woman. And I learned from books that what really happened was that we came out of the ocean and learned how to breathe and crawl. And then we went into the trees, and then we came back down again and learned how to walk. And to me, that doesn't sound all that different from any of grandfather's stories. But the thing is, here's this river mud, see? And it wants to be a bird, but it can't figure out how to be a bird, so it learns how to make birds. So at the same time, it's kind of a miracle. It also never learns how to be a bird. Or maybe it just forgets how, I don't know. But nothing else has ever done this, not where the river runs. So I guess you can see I'm a little torn about all this. Grandfather would have said that I have two hearts. I'm sorry, but I have to talk on the radio now. This is your captain speaking. I know you're all afraid, but don't be. Don't be. I'm the one up front who wrestles with this metal bird with a feather missing from its wing. I look out its eyes and I see Hawk up ahead, and I'm not afraid. It's a dance we do, you see? Everything's a dance. That's what Coyote told me. Just because it's crazy doesn't mean it isn't true, he said. A part of us remembers the river. So look at the person next to you and dance with him. Dance with her, not by moving. You don't have to move to dance. Dance with your eyes, with your tongue, with your heart. Do you know what a privilege it is to know that you have a last chance to see these things? Do you know how rare it is to know that you can have a final dance? Tell him. If he is a stranger to you, tell him. He isn't a stranger. Turn on the metal and plastic and foam seat and look at her and tell her. She isn't a stranger. None of us are strangers. This is your captain saying you are a captain too. We are shapeshifters, soon to change, and I am not afraid. <laughs> Thank you right. very much.
You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.